Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 153. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? I keep saying that. It's not this week's episode of the podcast. In fact, I've just already recorded this once and I'm doing it again and I've said it again. Anyway, (laughs) it's the Thursday episode of the podcast where we bring on an amazing small business owner who is going to share with us something that they do in their business that you can then consider doing in your business and I have to just quickly say before I bring her on, I am loving doing these episodes. We've had so much good stuff. I love speaking to these people. It's so good. Okay, this week, I am so excited to welcome not only an amazing businesswoman, but also a friend of mine. Please welcome Rosanna Croft from Rosanna Croft Jewelry. Couldn't get it out. Sorry, Rosanna. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, no, honestly, I'm really excited to have you here. And I feel like I'm just going to say your name again, because I literally, I I messed that up. Rosanna Croft Jewelry. Let me just make sure. There we go. I've said it properly. That's all good. So, Rosanna, let's start by you explaining to my lovely audience how you got to do the thing that you do today. Okay, so I'm a bespoke jeweler, if if you didn't get that from the name. Um, (laughs) And I specialize in jewelry redesign. So I create jewelry for lots of chapters of women's lives. And I started doing, well, I I studied jewelry design and manufacture when I was 18. And I've it's that's it's been that's been my career. So um my uncle's a goldsmith, so I've always had jewelry in the family. And I was a little magpie as a child, and I loved my 
uncle's gemstones my grandma would take him take me to his workshop and I'd see him and his team making these incredible pieces of jewelry um, and I'd also I'd go through my grandma's jewelry box and ask her about all of the different pieces and she's actually she's labeled everything so that when she's gone um I know that she knows which piece of jewelry is going to everybody so I've just always been fascinated with jewelry and the stories behind it and I guess that's just what's kept me going Um, and that's how I got into it you know what's funny I need to say this straight off the bat is that um so Rosanna and I have been friends for a while and I knew that Rosanna did bespoke jewellery. I knew that's what her business was. And I reckon it was probably at least a year or a year or so into unknowing her until I actually realised that she made the jewellery. Like <laughs> I didn't have a clue that she physically made the jewellery, which I honestly find mind boggling. Like I don't even know where to start. So like was it easy? Was it hard? Was it like, I just, yeah, it's just not on my skill set at all. No, it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There you go. I'm not going to be doing it then. <laughs> uh, do you know what though? It is, I, I get, it's a trade and it's a beautiful craft. Um, I was taught mm. how to tr- make jewellery the traditional way. So how they would have made it by hand, 50 to 100 years ago um but I also have learned more modern techniques as well using 3d printing um so it's fascinating and it's an industry that is so interesting and filled with history I fall in love with it more and more as I go on but um yeah actually making the jewel you need a lot of patience which I don't have much of um, and a, but you know it's it's you know I couldn't do what you do it's one of those things you pick it you pick it up and when you love it it's um I find it quite therapeutic especially at the moment and you make not only from scratch brand new pieces you also take people's things and and you can do stuff with that as well yeah magic I work magic (laughs) <laughs> see how technically mind I am, how much I know about this. Can you see the words I use and everything? <laughs> um, I know. I actually I, I I actually used technical language in an email the other day and the guy emailed back, what does that mean? I went, oops, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I redesign old jewellery as well. So if you've inherited some jewellery that you can't wear or you've got some jewellery from an old chapter of a life, um, I redesign that so that you love wearing it again and we use the metal and we use the gemstones um, it's a really beautiful way to make new jewellery that's amazing I love the way you just said that uh, from an, an old chapter in your life <laughs> says she's been married twice and somewhere some is my engagement ring from when I was first married um, so yeah I never actually thought about doing anything with that but, so this this kind of blows my mind I had this conversation with someone earlier like this does not seem like an easy business just to like go into. And also, can I just say one thing as well? Like, do you, when you talk about it, because I've seen what Rosanna does and it's stunning and it's not cheap. It's not like off the shelf prices. Do you worry when you talk to people that they think that this is some kind of hobby thing that you're doing? Like, and not take it seriously because this is this is a really serious when I say serious business I don't mean serious I mean like 
there is a huge amount of skill. You've put a whole lot of time and effort in learning to then run a business from it. Yes. Sometimes it gets interpreted that I just have a hobby um, mm. until, I guess, until pe- people talk to me for more than 30 seconds and realise that actually yeah. I know this is my life. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a battle sometimes to get mm. people to understand but um yeah. yeah it's just one of those things and and like I said the amount of time you'd have put into it to learn the stuff like was it is there a career that's not a business of your own could you've gone into like another jewelers and, and that sort of thing if you didn't want your own business yes yeah, so I could have been a jewel there are lots of things I could have done I could have been a jewelry designer for one of the big firms like Graf or Tiffany um yeah. my, maybe not Tiffany um but I could have uh, how I started I started literally working in the tiniest little workshop that in Australia and we I did repairs jewelry repairs day in day out for a company similar to one of our high street chains here yeah. uh, so repairing resizing rings fixing broken chains and that's where I did a lot of my learning so I did a course I did a course in Manchester when I was 18 uh, which taught me the basics of design um, but I learned so much more actually doing mm. 100 repairs a day and mm. working my fingers down to the bone <laughs> um and yeah so there's lots and I could go and be a bespoke jeweler for an another independent jewelers um which I did after the repair after the repair work I was design sales and manufacturer and a goldsmith for another company um and I loved that and that's actually what gave me the taste I got on really well with my boss it was a really small tight-knit group of people work family I guess and I loved that and I loved what we did and that's what made me start to want to do my own thing. Um, mm. So I basically took his bit, my old boss's business model in Australia and yeah. moved myself back to Derbyshire and that's what I did. <laughs> and did that. That's amazing. Can I ask another question? Just that, um, like, you know how you, if you're a shop, you've got to buy in products, which always would scare the hell out of me because I wouldn't wait. Do you have to buy in the stuff and just have it sat there waiting or do you order when someone wants something specific? I order when somebody wants something yeah. specific. So when my, what my boss did, old boss did, we had a much bigger company. He had a much bigger company than I did. And he would have stock sat there. He'd also mm. have stock that you could just buy off the shelf. Yeah. Um, and when I had my shop up until this year, I would have silver stock that I'd made in the windows but if somebody mm. wanted something bespoke, I would then order the gold and the gemstones with them, I guess. Um, yeah. So that I don't carry stock. Yeah, no, that's cool. It was just, like I said, that thought of holding stock and having money sat there. Insurance. In world, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like, that is not an easy amount of money. No. Okay, so, Rosanna, let's share with my audience the sorts of things and the thing that you are doing that you're finding is really helping your business. Okay, so the thing that I think is helping my business most, especially at the moment, and I've seen some really good results with it in the past, is making sure that I'm visible and using PR. Um, Mm. So using PR to speak to journalists and 
go on podcasts and I mm. um, recently reached out to the Financial Times and I was on their uh, Money Clinic podcast um, which was absolutely incredible um, yeah. a really fantastic opportunity but they also I was on their podcast they wrote an article about me which is all backlinked to my website which is all really fancy yeah yeah <laughs> um, I pretend I know about that but I vaguely know <laughs> what that means <laughs> CEO is not my bag um, <laughs> but yeah that is amazing like so what made you choose because you you were you are a small business you know I know you trade in a very high-end product but what made you choose PR what what why did you decide to go down that route and this is one of the reasons I wanted you on because I know there are going to be very small very few small businesses thinking about PR at all and that's why I wanted to bring this to the forefront so what made you choose that so I think it's that visibility piece that and I think it adds to if you're visible and people see your name dotted around you mm. then become seen as an expert in your field that adds to your credibility and mm. even though you know I mean my I used to get loads of press in my local paper and my yeah. friends all used to joke about it but people knew who I was and mm. people I got sales from it and I still mm. do I, I was in I was in a magazine about two years ago a local magazine reflections and about six weeks ago somebody who's seen who'd seen me in this magazine yeah. contacted me for a bespoke ring it, yeah. PR works and I, I think it's Richard Branson that said he would spend his last pound on PR and if yeah. it's good enough for him it's good yeah. enough for me <laughs> I mean he's done all right he's done all right that's all I'm saying yeah. like but I think for me what what I want to get across is two things and what you're helping get across is two things one other people's audiences like yeah getting on podcasts, getting interviewed for things, getting to speak to a group of people about the thing you do or the passion you have or whatever it is. Um, and you can do this in different ways. So for you, Rosanna, obviously I brought you on to talk about how you market your business, but this is still going out and I do have a predominantly female audience. So this is still really good PR. Like, you know, you are talking about you, you're talking about what you do. I'm, I've asked you questions about your products. So this is like, hopefully sparking some interest that they're going to go, I want to go and see what this Rosanna does and, and what it looks like. And, and, you know, and I'm interested in that. So that for me is such a key message in terms of like getting yourself out in front of other people's audiences. To be, have you always, because I know you use an agency to do some PR for you. Have you always used an agency or did you discover some PR locally and then think, I need to up my game? I have only been using an agency for six months. Aye. So for the first four and a half, well, no, for the first five years of my business, I did all my PR on my own. I reached out to the local papers um, like I said, I've been in the Matlock Mercury that many times. Um, mm. And I built a relationship with the um, editor, journalist. Yeah. Uh, so I, they kind of recognised me and they just put my stuff in straight away. But I would do it all on my own, write mm. the press release. I didn't have any copywriter or anything. I wrote the press release myself, sent it out to all the local um, mm. papers and 
press and uh, off my own back as well. I've also got on BBC Radio 2 and uh, the BBC Business World News podcast. Uh, just just from, I saw a tweet on uh, Twitter, believe it or not. And, we <laughs> <laughs> um, and they And it was like BBC Sheffield were looking for female uh, business owners in the local area who who could because they were doing some gender equality they basically they wanted female mm. more females because they swamped with men <laughs> um <laughs> and and so I got on and I've I mean I've been on BBC Sheffield speaking about my business but that also then led to me going on Jeremy talking to Jeremy Vine that did not go right. well but oh. <laughs> no it did he was fine but I completely stumbled over my words I was so embarrassed um but, but so many, it's just it's so many people message me I've just heard you on Jeremy Vine it's so funny do you know what right the truth is like you didn't let it stop you you did it again you you know, and we're human. We're not Jeremy Vine, who is slick as anything, because that's his job. Yeah. Your job is creating amazing bespoke jewellery. His job is to be a presenter. So, like, I think sometimes we let that hold us back because we're looking at someone else thinking, like, so, for instance, the podcast. So you might look at someone who does a podcast like me and thinks, you know, you might, you definitely won't think she's slick. I'm sure <laughs> I am like literally the most human person you're going to get on a podcast. But like, you might think, oh, well, it's easy for her because blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, that's what I do as a full-time thing, as it were, you know, the podcast has been going for, for 151 episodes, but like, you don't have to be at the level I'm at just to come on and be interviewed. Like, and also from a, I guess, and you would have experienced this from a press point of view, they need good stuff. Like, so if you've got a story, if you've got something of interest or you've done something new or you want to, you know, you've got something cool happening, then what's the harm in sending it over? Definitely. I, I think that people want to read it. They want to know your story. They want, people are interested um, and they're really, especially at the moment, they are really interested in supporting small businesses. Mm. And this is this is only going to this interest is only going to grow. Um, mm. I, for one, especially with Christmas coming up, will only be buying from small businesses. And yeah. I and I know of a lot of these small businesses because I I see them in in, in a magazine or. In or if I learn about a news story, I'm going to go yeah. and have a look and look them up because I think mm. it's uh, I think it's interesting and um, people don't buy a big shiny business; they buy a mm. lot of the time they buy the person behind it, and that's why yeah. I think it's really important that you yourself you build this personal brand, you become visible, and and PR. It, for me has been great because I've never had a big marketing budget mm. I've never had it's something that I could do for free um yeah. and I've never paid for any of it even though I think some places ask you to um yeah I've never paid for any of it so for people small businesses with a small budget or no budget it's mm. great yeah no I totally agree and like I think just asking the question, just putting yourself out there, like you said, 
things like so if you are on Twitter, there is a hashtag journal request where they can post anything that they're looking for. And sometimes the niche or the specific, sometimes it doesn't even have to be about your business as in the thing you sell. I do see a lot of requests at the moment for females in business. I've seen stuff for mums in business. I've seen stuff for how people have pivoted during lockdown. And so those sort of things, even if you're sat there thinking, like I said, exactly what I just talked about with Rosanna coming on here, she might be thinking, you know, well, this isn't, this isn't, about my business as such it's not me selling a product and it's like no but we're still talking about it you're still reaching a whole new audience but a whole new people who didn't know you exist so I just thought this is so so important because like I said I think people would think that don't get me wrong there are PR companies out there for a reason there is skillful people who can write copy that is appropriate for PR and that is a skill however like just reaching out and going, I've got this or this is happening. Like if you, you know, I know there's a local shop opening soon and they heard someone on the local radio say, we're looking for business owners who are opening a business in lockdown. And someone contacted her and said, hey, I just heard this. You should go for that. She did. About 10 minutes later, she's on the radio talking about her new business to a whole audience that didn't know it existed. So I just... Like I said, you know, that was one of the reasons I really wanted to come on and say this because I don't think, in fact, I'd put my money on there's no one else in my list of all the amazing people who've applied to come on the podcast that will mention PR. And I wanted to to just throw that out there and see that they can do that. It's such an important tool, really is. Yeah. Yeah, and especially as well, your name and you and your story and all that stuff comes together and is so important because... The fact that you make this stuff, design this stuff, you're like, that just blows me away because that (laughs) skill is unbelievable. And in this world of wanting to buy from small and local and support people, I mean, just so you know, people, I have pointed my husband in the direction of Rosanna's website. I am yet to receive (laughs) a gift from Rosanna. That's more to do with his tightness. Don't tell him I told you you that. The necessary. Uh, anything else he knows what I want he knows I want a tennis tennis bracelet from you uh and I think I gave him a price once and I don't think it's coming anytime soon so I'll (laughs) I'll let you know when it is (laughs) (laughs) drop me a text will you when it goes I'll drop you a text we'll need to know how many diamonds (laughs) (laughs) honestly I got more chance of buying it myself I swear to goodness which is fine. I found myself a nice fancy bracelet. That's fine. Right, Rosanna, thank you so very much. Where can people come and find you? Because they're going to want to come and look at this beautiful jewellery. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, my Instagram uh, handle is at Rosanna Croft Jewellery. Um, and you'll get the spelling of the name, hopefully, from your show notes. <laughs> yes, I will make sure it's in there. Correct. Amazing. Uh, so yes, and we'll link up to everything in the show notes as well. Yeah, fantastic. And my website perfect thank you so much Rosanna it's been such uh, a joy to have you on okay so like I said go and uh make sure you follow Rosanna make sure you go take a look at her stuff give us some love on uh social media on Instagram tag us in and let us know what you think also if you are using PR and you are a small business I'd love to hear that I'd love to see what other examples are out there because maybe this is not a crowded space maybe if you are thinking about it now is a good time to do it because there's not that many small businesses necessarily using it so I hope you've enjoyed today's episode 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next one. And I can't wait to see you guys again on Monday. Have a great few days. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.